want to thank you for joining me for this week's edition of God Talk. And last week I talked about um, what are some of the most controversial topics that are facing Christianity. And I said that they're not the most uh, destructive um, because some of them are relatively small in nature and scope in terms of uh, the amount of people that are arguing over them. But there's just things that we argue about in the church. Uh, But then there are practices, and that's probably the best way to describe it, that are far more destructive than even some of the things that we argue about. And so that's what I said I thought I would do for this week's episode of God Talk. And so that's what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the most destructive practices that are found in the church today, which is once again different than what I talked about last week in terms of some of the most controversial. All right, this is in no particular order, but I kind of jotted down eight different things I thought uh, would be relevant to this conversation. The first I'll describe is free market Christianity. Now, that's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, capitalism and free market, if you don't um, do it well, um, you're out of business. That's a good part to it. Uh, the bad part to it is it's very uh, consumer-based. And Christianity in America, because it's free market, um, we've developed a very significant consumer mentality that uh, drives what we do, how we do it, what we say, even what we believe, even what we teach, uh, because you want to be successful. Um, You can even think about marketing churches. There are churches that uh, you hear their name way more than Jesus' name. And I have to admit there's a a push um, in our congregation, oh, we need uh, light of the world this, we need light of the world that. And we've got the little Light of the World stickers, and reluctantly, I always kind of agree to it. Um, the latest thing is, is oh, there's people that want shirts, and they want this and that. And I just have this high level of sensitivity to, I don't really want to be marketing Light of the World. From a business point of view, I know to get the name out there um, and to create brand and recognition, that is incredibly important. But uh, from a spiritual perspective... I want to. I want to market Jesus. I want to uh, promote His brand, not a, not our brand as a church. Um, but uh, it's that fine line that you have to you have to walk. And so my response to those, uh, especially on staff that are wanting to do that, is all right. We can, we can put together a store. Uh, people can buy some merchandise if they want. I don't want uh, the church to be making money off of it. I don't want us to uh, be really promoting it hard. We can let people know it's available. And if they want to get it, great. And if they don't, they don't. So that's kind of my way of uh, walking that uh, that middle line. But free market Christianity in general has become uh, a huge issue. And uh, you see it amongst uh, the, the biggest uh, you know, and most successful churches. They just market very well. And their teachings are meant to not offend. Um, and uh, it's all about getting butts and seats. Now, compare that, though, versus, let's say, over in Europe, or at least parts of it, there's state-sponsored Christianity. Now, that that's not any better than free market, because the problem with state-sponsored is, well, the priest or the pastor is going to get paid. Um, the building costs are going to be taken care of, whether or not you have one person showing up for church on Sunday or 1,000. And so it really kind of um, rewards lazy behavior. Um, there's no uh, impetus on uh, evangelism, and you know, the, you're going to survive regardless. 
Um, and, and so that that's a big problem in Christianity, not in America, because it's not state-sponsored here, but in those places in which it is, um, there's no good reason for uh, for people to take the message of Christ seriously and, and, and to be doing the work that Christ calls us to do. So the answer is not in free market Christianity, and it's not in state-sponsored Christianity. It's in ultimately just being disciples and, and followers of Christ doing what's right, doing what's according to his word. And whether you are blessed with a large congregation or you're not, whether you're blessed with a lot of income or you're not, um, that's God's will and that's God's doing. I can tell you for like the world, I mean, we grew like crazy uh, the first three years. I mean, we went from my house to movie theater, theater to a shopping center to the location that we're at. Um, and we just, we grew really, really quick. Uh, but then finances became a problem because when you uh, buy uh, 10 acres of land and you put a building on it and you know way back 20 years ago you've got three million dollars in debt um that can really kind of put a, a hamper on things and so we had no money in the bank and didn't have staff and you know that was just where we're at the message was the same uh, we were speaking truth and we we were just trying to be faithful to the gospel but um finances we had a younger congregation they weren't there now the congregation's grown even bigger um we've got matured in terms of age um, and now finances aren't the problem that it, it was before so you, you just you don't you can't focus you shouldn't focus on those things uh, pastors of very successful churches will it'll be, be all about the money it'll be all about you know reaching out and working your your biggest givers i've always refused to do that um, i'd rather just be faithful to the gospel uh, be a faithful follower of christ and allow God to bless it however God chooses to bless because God created the universe. If he wants you to get a special gift, if he wants people to be generous, um, as long as you're teaching it and encouraging it, yeah, God will work through those words. So that's a big problem in the church today. Um, along with it, number two on my list is positive preaching. Um, and what I mean by that is it kind of goes into that whole free market view is you just don't say things that are controversial. Um, I know some kind of more conservative pastors of non-denominational churches that in theory, they hold a lot of the same views that I hold, but they would never preach them from the pulpit because they don't want to turn people off and they're trying to grow their church. Well, if you're not teaching them from the pulpit, then the people aren't learning them. And if the people aren't learning it, then you're you're not doing your job. So, you know, you, you got to preach the whole gospel. People, you know, this is what's funny. People use the phrase, you know, well, you just need to be more like Jesus. Okay, so when you're saying that, you're saying that, okay, we need to talk about forgiveness of sins and stuff like that. But what about when Jesus calls people like a, a, a brood of vipers? offspring of Satan. What about when he says uh, salvation is a very narrow, narrow road? What about when he says, um, you know, I haven't come to uh, abolish the law, uh, but to fulfill it. And, and none of the law has, you know, been removed or erased. And so we selectively want, you know, to, to be like Jesus. Uh, in, in among some Christians, uh, but the, the, we're only given a sliver of who Jesus is, and we don't really have tolerance for that whole other side. Um, and, and that's a huge problem in the church. Uh, we we don't give people the full Jesus. We only give them about 10% of uh, how he's portrayed 
in the Bible. It's a wonderful 10%. It's an amazing 10%. I'm very thankful for that 10%, but you don't ignore the 90% for the sake of the 10. Another big problem in the church today is a non-biblical worldview. Um, something like only like 17% of all Christians actually have a biblical worldview. Um, I think only like 30 some percent of senior pastors do. Um, and then when you get down to other staff, it's, it's, it's like 12%. Um, and, and it's a serious problem. Uh, postmodernism, um, uh, atheism, and, and, and things that are, you know, a naturalism that's related to that. Th those have really crept into the church. Um, I'm doing a really cool Bible study on Wednesday nights. We just had our first class this past Wednesday. And as part of that, I had them take a worldview test. And it was good for everyone to see. Um, I think 28% of our class had 100% biblical worldview. So uh, what's that? 72% um, did not. Uh, and that fell into Marxism. There's a little bit of Marxism, but a lot of it was postmodern and more of a naturalism and, and so forth. Uh, is, is an Islamic uh, worldview, uh, I, if I'm remembering right, like almost 40% had some elements of that in their um, how they see the world. Uh, that one surprised me. So what's happening is like we're being bombarded by uh, relationships. Uh, conversations with coworkers, um, what we're learning in school, what we're always hit by with the media, government, and so forth, and and our worldview has changed. It's just it's not predominantly Christian anymore in this country, and it's just really hard to to live amongst a bunch of non-Christian uh, people and, and worldviews, and to be able to hold on to a Christian worldview. I, I mean, if you're not just constantly going back to the Bible, constantly listening to sermons from, you know, good, solid biblical teachers, it, it's, it's just impossible to do. Um, and uh, it's a big problem in the church today because um, we're not we're not making people aware of the fact that their worldview is, is somewhat corrupted and uh, and helping them to be able to reshape that worldview. And that's primarily because the vast majority of even pastors do not have a biblical worldview. And that will skew everything from parenting to relationships to uh, work ethic to you name it. Um, your worldview uh, impacts every aspect of your life. It's like putting on a pair of glasses with a different prescription. Each worldview is like a different prescription and it's gonna distort things a certain way. Um, another big issue kind of related to that in the church is something called cultural Christianity. I think there's uh, 230 million people who claim to be Christians in this country, uh, but probably the vast majority of them, I can't give you the statistic off of the top of my head, um, don't go to church at all, or if they do, maybe once or twice a year, but they'll observe certain things like um, Christmas and Easter. Um, they uh, they, um, they might uh, maybe even give charitable donations uh, uh, maybe a couple hundred bucks a year to a church or, or a religious organization or something like that. In other words, there's a level of following the culture, maybe a little bit of the morals and the values of, of what it means to be a Christian, but it's not really Christian at all. And uh, so there's a whole bunch of people because uh, they were maybe raised Christian or, or in a Christian household. They might not have stepped foot in church for 20 years, but they still kind of identify that way. Um, and so 
their views, once again, aren't going to be really solidly Christian at all. Um, and if they do connect, get connected with the church um, and churches like to have a voters assembly or, or something like that, um, not that that's biblical, but that is a whole nother podcast of how we get how we run our churches, because that's based more on um, American democracy rather than on anything in the Bible. Uh, but let's just say a person that's been primarily a cultural Christian most of their lives, they start attending church. That church has people that vote on um, what's going to be done and how it's going to be done. Next thing you know, your church is being run by you know a bunch of people that don't have biblical worldviews and are voting things from a postmodern worldview, an Islamic worldview, um, a, a nat- naturalistic. And it, it's just a huge problem in this church that uh, we see Christianity much too broadly. Um, it, it really needs to be called out what is truly Christian, what's not. And even though you might culturally uh, resonate with certain things uh, with Christianity, if you, if you don't really believe this, you don't believe that the Bible is truth, that, that it's authority and it's God's word, then, then in the end, you're not, you're not Christian. Um, number five on my list is the prophetic movement. Uh, that's uh, just rampant, rampant in uh, the Pentecostal circles. Um, and, and there's prophetic dance and there's prophetic painting. Uh, everyone's got a word from the Lord. And, and, and like they just really push um, like somehow y- y- you learn to say, hey, uh, God's put on my heart. This is going on or that's going on. So that every feeling and every thought you just kind of give credit or blame to God. And um, a large church in this area with uh, someone that's really heavy into the prophetic movement, um, he, he, I've, there's video of him saying, listen, you're going to get it wrong sometimes. You just got to try. And if you don't try, then how are you going to learn to develop that gift? Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say try prophecy. Either the Lord's given you a word or he's not. And, you know, if you're like trying to come up with God's word on your own, that, that's just not how it works to be a prophet and 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 when you're wrong the bible says as a prophet then well you 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 can tell if you're wrong by whether or not what you said is true so let's just say you're in an auditorium of people and you say god's put it on my heart that someone here uh just had a heart attack a week ago and uh you haven't given your life yet to jesus and and i feel it right now in my heart that you know they're never that specific because like that one's got to be like lucky or really got ordained for it to to um, uh, fulfill, but they they might go for backache or achy legs or uh, headaches or something like that that you know half of us suffer from, uh, and and then that'll be the springboard. So it gives it much more chance uh, for it to work. But you know if they're calling that out and and like no one responds to that and God's not putting that on someone's heart and no one's raising their hand and coming forward, well you're just wrong as a prophet. And frankly, the Bible says that wrong prophets should be put to death. Um, I, I guess we don't teach that within the prophetic movement. But this individual spiritualism in which God speaks to me in a very personal way, which, listen, I believe he can and I believe he does, uh, but I don't believe he does um, once a day and twice on Sundays, like some people claim. Uh, I think those are rare events. um, And the people that are going around every day uh, basically just thinking their own thoughts and giving credit uh, or blame to God for those thoughts, that is, um, it's actually blasphemy. It's saying something about God that is not true big problem in the Pentecostal church today. You know, we, we can't do one of these lists without mentioning the prosperity gospel. Um, I'm not going to 
mention this too much because if you listen to my preaching, I talk about it all the time. But listen, if I'm going to do a list on some of the most destructive practices in the church, you can't have it without the prosperity gospel. That is, God wants you healthy, wealthy, and rich. Um, And if you're not, well, you just don't have enough faith. If you've got to wear sunglasses, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, sister. You, you, you just got to believe harder. And what? You you got cancer? Um, well, you, you know, if you, what did you do? Uh, what, what sin did you commit? I mean, my goodness, it's like the book of Job when Job's being afflicted and everyone's telling Job, what did you do? And, and, and like God's chastising ultimately the friends that are clouding his judgment and what God was really doing. Uh, the prosperity gospel is 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 wicked, it's evil, and it's unbiblical, and it is rampant, um, not only in Pentecostal circles within the church, uh, but there's a fair amount of it in um, non-denominational and even in the the some Baptists, probably not the most traditional conservative Baptists, but some of the Baptists that are more non-denominational. You're going to find a lot of prosperity movement teaching. People want to hear it. Everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to be wealthy and healthy. Um, Deconstructionism. I got two left. Um, This is one that you maybe haven't heard a lot about. Um, It's kind of done and ascribed to evangelicals, people who are raised in a really conservative Christian home who begin to kind of question what they were taught. And I have to say, I, I did that a little bit like before. Uh, when I was in college, before I decided, well, I had already decided I was going to be a pastor. God had decided that for me. But I wanted to make sure I truly knew what I believed and that it was true to what I was taught. So I really searched into the scriptures in terms of, hey, is Jesus you know, truly God or is he just kind of a, a mini God or what's going on with that? Um, I did it with baptism. You know, I, I was taught baptism of all ages. Um, there's nothing wrong with baby baptism, but, you know, in the Bible Belt, in people that from Baptist and non-denominational, no way, um, they, they don't go for that. And so I really, I wrestled with all those teachings before um, I chose to become a pastor. Now, as I wrestled with them in scripture, I, I found them as I learned them to be true. Um, yes, Jesus is fully God and uh, baptism is for people of all ages, just like 80% of Christianity practices it. Uh, but there's people who go through that process and then just start denying things in the Bible. They might deny hell. They might deny uh, the divinity of Jesus, that he's equal to God. Uh, they might deny his physical re- uh, resurrection. And, and many of them will start denying their faith. So it, it, it's a real problem in the church in that there's some really big name pastors who have kind of gone through that process and walked away from their faith. And when they do that, there's a lot of followers that they have that it ultimately leaves them disillusioned. It leaves them uh, hurt. It leaves them lost. And they begin to question their own faith. The last one um, on my list is just uh, liberalism, which is really no Christianity at all. And that's just becoming an increasingly bigger problem in the world today. More and more people are questioning uh, the, the truthfulness of God's word. Um, we are being influenced by culture. Uh, postmodern thought has come into play. There is no set truth. There is no set reality. Your truth might be true to you and your group of people, but my truth is is to me and my group of people. So you do you, I do me. Well, actually, you can't do you if it somehow is different than me. Uh, that, that, that road doesn't actually work both ways, but in theory, that's how it goes. Um, and so within Christianity, uh, people... Uh, 
denominations. And uh, as I talked about in the last podcast with like uh, um, gay marriages, LGBTQ, transgenderism and all these other things, um, you can even throw like, you know, abortion in there. But abortion's really not amongst mainline Christian denominations, something that's accepted. But what, what you have is like when, when you lose God's word as truth then well, what part of it is true? Um, well, if God's word's not true in terms of the flood, if it's not true in terms of uh, Moses, if it's not true in, in, in terms of uh, David and Goliath, then is it true in terms of the Immaculate Conception of Mary or did Joseph get her pregnant? Um, is it true in terms of Jesus uh, is truly the, the Son of God and, or, or is he just kind of a, a good teacher? Um, did he really rise from the dead physically or was he just kind of still in the grave, but but kind of spiritually, his spirit uh, arose? In, in other words, you just start questioning everything in Scripture and all of a sudden it's not really Christian at all. Liberal Christianity is not Christian. It's not Christian. It's not Christian. Um, it, it's time. It's time for the church, uh, the true church, to affirm the ancient teachings of of the past church of of the ancient creeds of 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 that the bible is the word of god and 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 who jesus is and who the trinity is and who we are as believers um and, and we need to reaffirm that and anyone who says anything different then uh we no longer call them christian um, just like we don't call mormons christian because they don't believe things that are uh, true to the bible they've got their own set of scriptures that that contradict the bible well how is that any different than people that just don't follow or believe the bible the reality is is it's not different so uh it's just time for us to uh call that out and uh and to make clear for people what's christian what's not because when people go to these places and think that they're receiving christian teaching and that it is christian when it's not um, nothing could be more dangerous and deadly to their salvation. It's kind of like going to the doctor thinking he's going to cure you of uh, of cancer, and, and he's not. He's just saying he's going to, but he's not. Uh, that That's horrific. Well, when you're going to a church that they say they're teaching you, uh, you know, to be a follower of Christ, but yet they're not, um, that, is, uh, that is the worst kind of evil. Well, I uh, appreciate you uh, listening to this episode of God Talk. And I look forward to uh, coming up with a new topic and uh, talking with you guys next week. Um, Have a great one. God bless.